and welcome to The Voice of Business, the monthly radio show and podcast of the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce. I am Avery Girard, the Chairman's Club Manager for the Gwinnett Chamber. Today's show is coming to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Here at the Gwinnett Chamber, our mission is to champion business. If you'd like to learn more about the Chamber, please visit our website at gwinnettchamber.org or give us a call and see how we can help you connect and thrive. Each month, we feature and highlight businesses and business leaders that are members of the Gwinnett Chamber. And this month, we are excited to showcase a few of our cherished and inspirational Chairman's Club members. Please join me in welcoming Deirdre Cox with Community Sustainability Enterprise, Scott Maudsley with Corners Outreach, and Jamie Hamilton with Special Needs Schools of Gwinnett. We are eager to learn more about you personally and your organization, so I'm gonna go ahead and get us started with some questions. Deirdre, let's start with you today. Would you like to share with us a little bit about your role, your organization itself, and what makes it unique? Absolutely. Um, So Community Sustainability Enterprise was, um, it's a labor of love. I founded the organization about six years ago. And um, coming from banking for 38 years, it was critically important to me that we be able to take community and economic development on the streets and to produce real ROI. So the focus that we have is low and moderate income individuals, Just because you're born poor doesn't mean you stay poor. But what ends up happening is a lot of folks don't have that self-efficacy. They've not had the development that's required, that human development. So we have four distinct pillars that we wrap around communities. It's mental and physical wellness. Let's face it, if you're not mentally well, we're seeing now during this COVID time, mental illness is, 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 it's predominant. So we've got to be able to address those social emotional issues. Um, Physical wellness. It's important that an individual be physically well so that they can show up and be the very best version of themselves that they can be. Educational attainment is pillar number two. You got to be a subject matter expert at something so that you can apply your hands to the plow and earn a livable wage. Workforce career development. It's about showing up being employable and promotable. It's being promotable that gets you to the livable wage beyond. And then financial literacy and capability understanding those basic tenants, but then also understanding advanced tenants so that you can walk into homeownership, be sustainable, walk into small business, be sustainable, and become that economic engine in your community. So that's what we do, and we're proud of it. And we're honored, and we're honored to be a a part of the Chairman's Club. We appreciate all that you do, and we're proud to call you a Chairman's Club member. Thank you. Scott, I'll ask the same for you. Can you tell us a little bit about Corners Outreach and what makes the organization's mission unique? Absolutely. Avery, it's an honor to be here today and here with our guests as well. Uh, So Corners Outreach started a decade ago, and uh, simply enough, we do economic and educational development uh, amongst working poor families, both here in Gwinnett County as well as DeKalb County. And I'll share with you in just a second uh, what we do a little more in detail. But first, I wanted to start with a personal story because the work I get to do these days uh, is very personal to me. So I grew up with a dad who was a small business owner. I uh, had a couple of good years, and then he came into some years where the business didn't work so well. And where that ended for us as a family was is that we ended up in bankruptcy. Uh, we lost everything. We lived in a tent, my mom and dad and four boys, uh, for several weeks homeless while we figured out what came next. So I knew what it was like as a child uh, to experience uh, food insecurity, to experience homelessness. I saw what it did in my family, the breakup of my parents' marriage, and just years and years and years of challenges and suffering. Uh, now, I, was, uh, I had the benefit of having a lot of people around me who invested in me and uh, who mentored me. And one of the things in these days is we now work with over 600 Latino families in our community is that I feel like it's a full circle moment for me because I know what it's like 
maybe not the same experience that an immigrant has, but I know what it's like to feel like there are no opportunities, to feel the fear and the frustration and the anxiety of not having much. And so I feel like the work we get to do at Corners, for me, is an opportunity for us to help families that were like my family to not have to experience what my family had to experience. And so we started 10 years ago in the community, uh, working with kids to tutor kids and help them. Uh, many of our families and children are behind for various reasons, right? Uh, various reasons like uh, their language barriers, right? Or especially during COVID technology barriers. And so we continue to do that work. We work with about a thousand kids this next year that we will tutor. But we also recognize that what happens at home is also probably far more important than what happens at school. And so we realize that we have to work with the whole family, with the entire family. And so we have wraparound services. And a few years ago, we discovered that the best thing that we could do as an organization is help our families earn a livable wage. And so a couple years ago, we started a landscaping company to leverage the, the experience of our families. And last year, we paid almost $950,000 in wage checks into the pockets of working poor Latino families to help them earn a livable wage and not just give them a job, but give them a future. And so it's really great work that I'm honored to be a part of and I uh, love talking about it. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. Um, and I appreciate you sharing your personal story with us. Can you expand a little bit on some of the industries? Um, I know one specific is the Corners Leather Project yeah. to just give listeners a better understanding of some of the work. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So we're looking for any opportunity that we have. And we started a new teen program at the beginning of this year because we've had a lot of teens over the last decade that have been involved with Corners. But we want to do something more intentional for them. So we have mentoring with them. We do uh, educational support, but we also wanted to put them to work a little bit. And so we brought in leather. I have a little bit of experience in leather goods. It's been a hobby of mine for about a decade. And so we brought in leather. We pay several of our teens $10 an hour to come in and make things like leather journals, coasters, keychains. We've developed partnerships across the community with businesses and nonprofits that need to have gifts for donors, right, or for some of their high-level clients. But the most important thing that happens in that room is we're doing something with our hands, right, and having that experience is that we get to have conversations about their life and we get to hear what's really going on and we get to have the support through their, them working with their hands and making a little bit of money, but more importantly, pouring into them. So it's been a really cool project that we've launched in the past year. Absolutely. And those products are online on your website. I encourage our listeners to go check it out. I'd love Very to have neat. them come see it. Thank you. <laughs> Last but not least, I'll hand it over to Special Needs Schools of Gwinnett. Jamie, would you like to tell us a little bit about your role and what's going on at your organization? Absolutely. So Special Needs Schools of Gwinnett is a nonprofit private organization uh, that serves uh, children and young adults with intellectual, developmental, and physical disabilities. Uh, we're coming up on about 35 years of existence. And all the way back in about 1988, we started with four young children, preschool students, uh, likely in the autism spectrum, uh, and their parents that really were just, uh, had limited, very limited options as far as uh, you know, educational choice for them. And so our founders uh, were a speech pathologist and educator, and they stepped in and said, you know what, we think we can help with this problem. And so we literally started with four kids in what is now a storage closet at a church in Lawrenceville. And uh, over the past 30 something years have just slowly and organically grown uh, to serve more and today we we have a pre-k through 12 school program and we also have what we call our y'alls program the young adults learning life skills and so that's for uh, most uh, students at the age of 22 if they haven't formally graduated they age out of the school program and for most of the uh, children we serve and their families uh, college may not be the right path work may not be the right path and so uh, it's an opportunity to sort of bridge that gap between 
childhood school stage and becoming a young adult and what that means to be a contributing adult, whether it's work or home life, uh, helping to give them the structure and the support uh, to kind of make that transition. Uh, today, uh, we serve about 70 students in our school program, uh, about 20 in that young adult program. So about, two, about 100 uh, folks on a daily basis. Uh, we've, we've grown, fortunately, through COVID. Uh, we were just about to open up a new school building when all of this started. And so that was both an exciting and a really scary time. Uh, but what I think a lot of families and parents have learned over the last year and a half or so is that every child learns differently. And what works for one does not work for the other. And second to that is most parents are, have played a much more active role in the education of their child. They understand things about how they do or don't learn that maybe uh, pre-COVID they didn't really have a very good understanding of. And so what that's meant for us is particularly in the world of special education, families realize that remote distance learning doesn't work, uh, that education is important, but the academics is sort of the gateway for emotional, interpersonal skills, all the other things that, that school settings provide. And so uh, when that was taken away, families said that there's got to be something better out there for my child. We were very lucky to be coming online with the new building, increased capacity. And when we opened that building in uh, August of 2020, we did so to a full house. We had families uh, coming from the public sector eat and serve. And we've been running at or over capacity ever since. And uh, in the not too distant future, we'll figure out ways to keep growing and serving more. Um, but some of the best young people you'll ever want to spend time around. Uh, many of them have faced adversity and challenges their entire lives, um, have moved all over the country, all over the state, attended different schools, and, and families have really done everything possible to try to find something uh, that allows their students not just to get by, but really thrive. Um, and when you get to be that missing piece and kind of bridge that gap, it's, it's really something special. So we're, we're proud to do it, and I'm excited to be able to be a part of it. Absolutely. This is amazing work, and I really appreciate you sharing and some of the challenges that you've also faced because of COVID. Um, all of you are making a positive difference in Gwinnett County and beyond. And I know I speak on behalf of the Gwinnett Chamber staff when I say these uplifting store member organizations are changing lives and our communities for the better. So I'd love to spend just a few minutes and hear directly from the experts in the space, from all of you um, who make this great work possible. So Janie, uh, we'll start with you this time. Can you share with us an example of the way you've seen your organization's work making a difference? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's almost hard to, to pick a specific example. You know, it, for, for different families, sort of the measure of success or what's important to them sometimes is very different from another family. So to try to compare those things is a challenge. But um, something that happened pretty recently that I, I it just, I think kind of uh, does a good job of summarizing what a, a school like ours can do is um, a, a mutual friend recommended a family and a student, um, a young man, on the autism spectrum who has really been struggling in public schools. And I preface everything with saying, Gwinnett County does an exceptional job in the world of special education. You know, they are really nationwide are sort of a standard bearer for excellence in that area. But when you serve nearly 200,000 students and more than 20,000 of them are classified as having a disability, there are, there are kids that despite the best intention and all the funding in the world, it's just not the right fit for. So I'll, I'll always preface it with that. But, but this student had really been struggling and um, was an outcast amongst his peers, um, academically was, was struggling, emotionally was struggling, depression, you know, just all the things that come with being the, the most different kid in the room. 
Um, and his, his family for years has, has really been struggling with, with what to do. How can we turn the momentum for this, this young man? Um, and, and they learned about us and, we, and they came and, and, and met our teachers and met our administrators. And so you know what, maybe this is something we should, we should try. Mm-hmm. And literally in the first two weeks that that student was at our school, he went from being the outcast in his classroom, the most different person, to being probably the most high-functioning, normal kid in his room. And what he found was, instead of being the kid that got picked on, he became the role model. And the other kids in the class suddenly thought he was the coolest kid they've ever met. They wanted to be around him. They picked up off of his good traits, the things that made him different. Suddenly, he was very normal in that room. And academically, I mean, immediately, night and day, emotionally, socially. And, and his parents have come back and said, in two weeks, this is a different child. And what we expect from him, the things, that, the, the horizons that are, are now open to him, um, in, in 14 days, it's a whole totally different world. And so, um, again, the setting, you just make a small change in setting and open up a, an opportunity for somebody and they're off to the races. I mean, this kid is going to do great things, and he's going to do it himself. He always had that potential. That, you know, it was always there within him. He just needed to find that right place to really express himself and, and, and bring it to life. And so um, it's been wonderful to see that. And, and that's very much the story with, with you know, dozens and dozens of, of and so fast and so dramatically. It was really something special to watch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm sure it, it, it brings purpose to your job, too, and the organization as a whole. I know our listeners can't see us right now, but we're all sitting here nodding our heads and just so inspired by that story. So I appreciate you sharing. Um, I'm going to move on to our next uh, guest with us today, Scott, and I'm going to ask you the same. Can you give us a specific example of how Corners Outreach is making a positive impact? Absolutely, Avery. Well, you know, one of the blessings that I had growing up and going through a lot of challenges in life is that I always had people around me, mentors, family members who believed in me, who were there to kind of keep me on the straight and narrow at times, who were there to, at least to our families, uh, in situations and in seasons where it kind of seems hopeless for them. They're not really sure what direction there is for them. They don't even know the opportunities that are available to them here. And so there's a lot of great stories I could tell you, but some of the favorite work that we're doing right now is that we're starting to bring together the work we're doing with our kids in academy and the work we're doing with our vocation and business to begin investing in the next generation of students. And so what does that look like for us? Well, here's what we do often. We hire those that are older and we have to correct what we're willing to help out there. But if we can get them when they're young, we actually get to shape their behavior early. And so we're doing that. We're doing that through partnerships with Gwinnett County Public Schools, with tutoring, with their dropout program to help figure out how we can get kids back on track in school or on track towards a GED and towards not just a job, but a future. And so I'll tell you the story of one of our students. Uh, I won't give his name, but he's one of our leather workers, and uh, he graduated high school in May. And so earlier in the year, our teen director said, hey, so what do you want to do when you graduate? He said, well, I want to go to college at Georgia Tech, and I want to study architecture, which kind of surprised our teen director. He said, well, tell me more about that. He said, do you know what an architect does? And our teen said, well, they build things, don't they? He said, well, no. Architects actually spend more time in an office, and they design the things that other people go build, right? He said, is that what you want to do, and then how do we shape that? Well, unfortunately, he graduated from high school, and Georgia Tech was not an opportunity. And so he got a little local job, making about $12 an hour. And another job in the community came up for $15 an hour. So what did he do? He quit his $12 an hour job. He went and applied for the $15 and didn't get it. 
And so now here we have a high school graduate sitting at home, confused, his family experience, they can't really help him. And so we're coming alongside of him and we're saying, hey, it's okay, there are great opportunities for you. Let us help you get connected to some certification programs. We're taking him to some businesses that, that really want young, diverse, bilingual employees and can't find them. We're connecting this student and many of his friends, boys and girls, to opportunities where they can see not just there's a job, but that there's a future for them. And if they were to stick with it for one year, two year, three year, five years, the opportunity for them is bigger than they ever thought possible. And so that's the role that we wanna play with these families. We wanna help connect the dots, be the bridge, and let them see that the opportunity is so great for them that there's just someone that can help them like all of us had in our life, right? Walk through the journey and find those things, so. Thank you for sharing that, Scott. I think there was a lot of overlap in what Jamie said and then what you said, bringing hope, to, to the lives of youth and really listening to their individual needs and crafting um, a plan and opportunity for them that's going to help them be successful. Thank you. And Deirdre, I know there are endless stories you could share with us about the impact your organization is having in communities, but is there an example that is top of mind for you that you'd like to tell us about? There is, and I'll start with um, when I was still working for Brand Bank because I was the community development officer there at Brand Bank. <clears throat> we were fortunate to put a bank branch inside of Meadow Creek High School. So I'm going to start there because it takes time to build the anatomy of sustainability of a person. So when we got into Meadow Creek, we began the journey with financial literacy. Well, we looked and we said the kids are falling asleep because financial literacy is a core part of the Common Core Standards, or the AKS, as Academic Knowledge and Skills in Gwinnett County. Kids were falling asleep, so I said, well, I got to get to the why. Why are they falling asleep? Well, our babies were going to work. They were working until 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, some of them, their parents had been deported, so there were a myriad of different issues that they had. So we decided to dig deeper. That's how our four pillars were established. Well, I'm, I'm honored to say that now, because of the work that we did there in partnership with Chef Simone Byron. Um, she was the actual director of the Culinary Academy there. And I got to put a plug in for Gwinnett County. The, career and co the college and career academies in Gwinnett County are the absolute best. We are truly cultivating the next generation workforce. So it's through Chef Simone Byron's program that we were actually able to then reach not only the students, but their parents. Because low income, if you're Title I re receiving free and reduced lunch, it's a parental, it's a household economic condition. So we were able to reach the parents with that branch inside of the high school. We were able to do some financial literacy courses with Brand Bank and Brand Mortgage. We were able to then um, help the students identify how to spend their money because they were a part of work-based learning. Those students are now in college, first-gen college students. Um, Evelyn and Ashley, I'm just gonna put that out there. Evelyn and Ashley are now working with Chef uh, Daryl Schuler. He's the first African-American master chef in the country. They're working with him at Schuler Institute. They have had a stint with the Compass Group. They are now on their way to doing amazing things. They're spokesperson for the Navigate program. Chef Simone Byron has since left the school system, is running the Navigate program. That program has now gone southeast, so we are expanding with her. So we're expanding hospitality and culinary, and these two young ladies and several other students who have graduated, they are spearheading this. So it's the leadership, it's teaching them through those pillars, which we call the anatomy of sustainability that has helped them deliver their 30 second elevator pitch. They're able to tell their story. They're working, they're earning money, they're spending it properly, they have budgets, they created an educational pathway for themselves, and they're pursuing it with diligence, with discipline, and perfection and excellence. And now they're working for one of the top chefs 
in the country and they're telling this story and they're outreaching reaching out to other individuals in the community their parents are doing the same thing so that that just that brings joy because they are truly impacting the economy and they're, they're building their own their own muscle muscle mass so Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I can tell that you're genuinely passionate about what you do, and I think that's so important. And what I'm hearing over and over again is that this work wouldn't be possible without partnerships. Mm -hmm. um, and so since we are fortunate enough to have this platform today, I'd like to take a quick minute to hear about anything you wish more people, maybe partners that are listening in, knew about your organization. So Scott, we're going to start with you this time. What do you wish more people knew about Corners Outreach and the issues your organization is trying to solve? Well, I think, uh, I think my answer will be a broad answer uh, because I, I think there is something in the water of our culture uh, that looks at immigrants and looks at their experience in often a very negative way. And what I wish people would do is I wish they would take a step away from the airwaves and take a step into the community and get a chance to engage and begin to experience the families and begin to get to know them. You know, two-thirds of our staff at Corners are bilingual and they are uh, Latino. And as I've gotten to know them, to see that they have the same hopes and the same dreams, right? To see they may have come from a different place, but we share so many things in common. It's not about the things that divide us. It's about the things that bring us together. And so as I'm seeing them, I'll tell you one of the things it's done for me. So I turned 49 a couple weeks ago, so I am firmly in the second half of life. <laughs> and over 26 years, I have been incredibly blessed to uh, have stages and opportunities to walk onto. And I really feel like in this next season, the reason why I'm where I'm supposed to be is because I'm here to be a bridge now. I don't need another stage. I've had that opportunity. But I'm looking at all these young leaders that have so much to give. I tell our leaders all the time, I say, you're young, you're so gifted, you don't even know how gifted you are, right? But to be able to pull back the curtain and give them opportunities to walk out on the stage themselves, right? And so I have a little personal, personal moniker that it's not about me, uh, but it's not without me, right? because it can't be about me, but I have to play this role. I have to be a bridge. And so I would just say that for our community, if you're not engaged in these conversations, uh, these great partners sitting in the room with us here, if, if, you're not, if you're not understanding what's happening in a special needs community, right, if you're not understanding what's happening in some of these uh, communities dealing with poverty, take a step into it. Develop a relationship, right? Uh, get to know what's happening in these places so that we're not letting the news cycle inform us. We're letting our own experience and our community and the wonderful people that are there really inform us. And uh, I think that's the thing I would say, let's get out there and let's experience it for ourselves. And Jamie, I'll ask you the same. Is there anything you wish more people knew about special needs schools of Gwinnett? I mean, I think I would piggyback on, on almost everything you know that, that he just said, but you know, for us specifically, we want people to, to simply know about us. You know, We've been around for 35 years and it, it amazes me every day when I'll go out and talk to somebody and tell them about us. And they go, oh, well, I live in Lawrenceville and I've lived five minutes away from you for 20 years. And I never knew that you were there. Um, you know, for a long time, I think in the world of special education, unless you specifically had a child that you were out there trying to find options for, um, it, it just sort of existed outside of your, you know, your peripheral vision. And if you weren't looking for it, you weren't going to find it. Um, and I think when people find out more about who we are and what we do and how we serve and, you know, supporting particularly children at, at a young age and, and you know, it's, it's been said a couple times, but if you can put them on a, a better trajectory and open up doors for them at a younger age, some of the issues that you see, you know, down the line as an adult, you can, you can shape that early on. And when they find out that 
um, you know, they can be involved in something like that, whether it's as a donor, as a supporter, as a partner, as a, hey, my nephew is on the autism spectrum, could you, could you help them? Uh, you know, there are endless ways for, for great things to happen, but none of it happens if they don't, they don't know about us and, and who we serve and what we do. So um, that educational battle for us is, uh, is an uphill one, but something that we were making great strides in and, um, you know, it's, it's something we always like to share. And Deirdre, what is the one thing that you wish more people knew about your organization and the issues your team is trying to solve? So when it comes to upward economic mobility, um, I think I'd shared earlier that when COVID hit, we had to pivot. So we now have a consultative arm. I want the chamber members to know, each of our small businesses to know, get into the community, to your point, get to know your staff, get to know the team that is helping you produce ROI. But what I want them to also look at is what are career paths? What are the career paths within your industry? Are your positions paying a livable wage? I'm proud to say that some of the work that we're doing with Zach Shoemate and Shuma Sports, we've taken our pillars, we've wrapped our pillars around one of his employees, and our pillars also include a, uh, include a very in, intense coaching platform. So Zach now understands what a livable wage is for a young man who has two children, so a household of three. Zach, I'm so proud to say, has helped that young man get to a place and point where he's earning more money, okay? And we've helped him identify another side hustle, which he's going to actually turn into a legitimate business, a landscaping business. So it's very important that our, our small businesses understand what is it that you can do in a small way to contribute to creating a livable wage pathway for your folks. And what Zach has also done is he's committed to creating a career path for this young man so that as he grows, his income will grow. So I think it's important that our chamber members understand we're here to support them in creating that ecology so that everybody can thrive and win and everybody can contribute to the economy here in, in Gwinnett. Thank you, Deirdre. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Scott, for sharing. We certainly appreciate all you are doing to solve these issues. And I want to switch gears just for a minute because we cannot bring Chairman's Club members on the show without highlighting the perks of this membership. For, so for those listening and who did not know, the Chairman's Club is the Gwinnett Chamber's executive level membership to include the decision makers of organizations. And our three guests here today are relatively new to the Chamber's Club chairman's club and all represent nonprofit organizations so i'd love to hear about your unique situation and experiences and deirdre we'll start with you on this one so you're already taking full advantage of what this membership has to offer can you tell us about your experience at one of the recent events and how these networking opportunities are benefiting you and your organization Absolutely, and I'm happy to share that. Um, much like Scott, I come from a, a family of entrepreneurs, um, serial entrepreneurs. So being a part of the chamber was, it's in my bloodline, it's in my DNA, right? So I can remember Tammy and Greg Shoemate saying, if you're going to join the chamber, Deirdre, you've got to get involved. Well, getting involved became second, it, it, it was normal. It, it, again, it's a part of the DNA. One of the most amazing opportunities that I had was um, the chamber honoring us as humanitarian of the year. It meant the world to me that the seat at the table, I have a seat at the table, my voice is being heard. When my voice is heard, people are understanding and it's resonating with them what we're doing in the community. Gwinnett County has been faithful to us. When I moved to Georgia, started the career in, in Atlanta, Atlanta didn't quite receive us in the way that I was hoping that we'd be received. Came to Gwinnett County, Greg Shoemate embraced me and said, grow, because I see you, girl. 
and I've been growing and going ever since. But the Chamber's been amazing. Chairman's Club is an amazing opportunity to talk to C-suite people, understand what makes them tick, what makes their bottom line resonate, and then become a part of what they're doing so you can help them grow their business. So it's been amazing. And Scott, you are very new to the Chairman's Club. Can you walk us through the decision-making process on why your organization chose to get involved with the Chairman's Club? Absolutely. Well, it was a very easy decision. Uh, One of my roles I get to play in the community is a lot of work with the uh, Community Foundation for Northeast Georgia. I've been sitting on the board there, and of course their offices are located here at the Chamber. And uh, every time I've been in that building for meetings, I run into somebody that I need to either meet with or I need to know. And so uh, we had a conversation at our leadership table at Corners, and we just said, you know, we have to be more involved. We have to be more engaged. To Deirdre's point, we've got to jump in because we cannot do what we do without each other. We've got to do it together. And for us as an organization for a long time, several years, we just put our head down and went and built it, right, and just kind of made it happen. But the truth is uh, it's, it started to um, be bigger than just us. And we realize that we need more help and we've got to have the right connections. And so it was, it's, I would say it's probably been the best investment we've made in the past year. We'll continue to be, it has already paid for itself many times over, not through someone writing a check, but through the right connections and the relationships that we've been able to build. And so uh, it's, it's a no brainer in my perspective. We like hearing that. And Jamie, last but not least, why is it important for special needs schools of Gwinnett to be a chairman's club member? So even though we've been around for nearly 35 years, sort of on, on a larger stage, we're very new. When most people hear about us, um, it's, it's often the first time they've heard about us. Um, and so being a, a new to this scene uh, school and myself, you know, I've, I've been in Georgia for less than two years. So, you know, I'm, the school is new and I am new. And if in my job of, of getting out there and creating awareness and, and, and telling this story, there's no better place to do it and no better group of people to do it in front of. And so if, if there was one place um, that I needed to be in, and us as a school and you personally having a, a, a voice in a conversation, you know, the, the Chairman's Club made all the sense in the world. And I think, um, at least my perspective, and I, I think uh, the others would agree, um, nonprofits sometimes get a, a bad reputation of, oh, they're, they just joined, they're going to come all ask us for money. Fundraising is part of what we do. It's not certainly not all you know that we do, but I think that group. What I have seen is the nonprofits that are a part of it. They're there to tell their story, how they make an impact, and there's enough people in that room with with companies and businesses that are part of their mission is to give back. They they want to support community initiatives, and if if you just tell your story, someone in that room is going to have that's going to be a cause they identify with. And it doesn't mean, like you said, it doesn't mean they're always writing checks. There's partnerships. There's ways to work together. And so we've experienced that. Like you said, it, the, the return on investment, so to speak, has been incredible. Um, but I know it will pay dividends for years and years to come in a lot of ways other than just somebody writing a check. Um, and so it's, it's, it's been a real blessing for us. Thank you for sharing. And all of you bring up really great points. I know we're proud to have all of you as Chairman's Club members, and I'm looking forward to working with all of you in my new role here at the Chamber. I'd like to wrap us up by finding out a little bit more about how you involve your supporters. So if folks want to get to know your organization better, where can they find you if you want to share your website, your phone number, social channels? Um, Jamie, with special needs, uh, Schools of Gwinnett, please share with our listeners how they can get in touch with you easiest way is specialneedschools.org. We're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and LinkedIn. 
Uh, we also have a community uh, newsletter that we send out monthly, more geared towards if, if you're not a parent, you're not someone at the school, but you want to know what's going on and some of the key initiatives um, highlighting uh, from that perspective. And so really those are the ways you know that we share and, and I'm always happy to help come out and um, have a conversation or present in front of a group or do whatever I can to help tell the story. So would love the platform to do it whenever I can. Great. Scott with Corners Outreach. Absolutely. Well, I believe there are five resources that every one of us have that allow us to be good partners with our communities. The first one is, is that we can volunteer, right? So at Corners, there's opportunity for mentoring, there's opportunity for teaching, lots of opportunities with a lot of nonprofits across the community. The second one is just what I would call uh, strategic gifts. So our business leaders have done a great job of building their businesses. Uh, many of them have excelled in that over the years. And oftentimes when it comes to connecting with the community, they think, well, I guess I can go pack a box with food right, or I guess I can write a check. And those aren't bad things. But they have really unique skill sets that they use to build their businesses to become very successful in the marketplace that our nonprofits need. And so there's ways to get connected with corners, to be able to mentor students that are interested in what our businesses do. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're in finance, right? I mean, you can use that gift to engage the community. The third one is just telling the story. You know, Avery, the opportunity like this, thank you to the chamber for letting us be here. This gives us an opportunity to tell our story, right? And get the word out there. The fourth one is just key resources. I met with a business leader last week who's retired and he loves to go to Meekum Auto Auctions and he buys and sells classic cars. And he said, Scott, I would love to, I have for the last several years, we, we wanna buy a car, fix it up, we'd like to sell it and give all the profits towards something in the community. Well, he's just using something that he loves, right? A key resource to bless someone. And then lastly, and I think this would honestly be the last one in my opinion, it's financial giving, right? So at Corners we know, and we have kind of a cool model where if you buy a $30,000 truck and donate it to us, over the next two years, that will employ six to eight employees and it will generate over $200,000 in profit, right? And so we just need one-time gifts like that. But here's what I would say. If you're a business leader that's not connected, I would say don't start by writing a check. Start by getting engaged. Find out where you can have your greatest contribution and where you love what's happening. And then don't go wide. Don't give to 100 organizations $10. Give to one $1,000, right? Go deep with your giving in places that you really care. And I think if our business leaders would think about those five things, one of those five or all of those five are something that they could use. Great. And what is the website yes. that people can go to to find out more about these initiatives? Cornersoutreach.org. Cornersoutreach.org Corners Outreach. Outreach. is our uh, nonprofit site. And then lawncarewithapurpose.org is our uh, landscaping. And our landscaping, not only uh, to Deirdre's work, pays a livable wage of $20 or more, but 10% of our profits there go back into tutoring our kids. And so we make sure that it's benefiting both sides. So check us out. We'd love to uh, engage if you're interested. Thanks, Scott. And Deirdre with CSE, share how people can get in touch with you. We are definitely social. Um, I will tell you that we are on Facebook. I do a lot of posting, so I'm the selfie queen. Um, <laughs> so on Facebook, we are at CSE Develops. You can also visit our website and see some of the amazing cool work that we're doing there, www.communitysse.org. And I will also say this, um, because we have a very uh, unique and dynamic coaching component, we are constantly looking for not volunteers, but community change agents. To Scott's point, bring your subject matter expertise. Partner with us in one of the four pillars that we talked about, mental physical wellness, educational attainment, workforce career development, financial literacy. Teach our young people, teach our parents how you would teach your children at your dinner table. Let's have some dinner table conversations. So we're constantly looking for community change agents. And to Scott's point, 
financial contributions are considered, but we don't want you to contribute until you see, you come and taste and see that what God is doing over here is really good. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And this is an amazing opportunity. Thank you. And I encourage all of our listeners to go check out their social channels, websites, and learn more about how to get involved. I think that wraps us up for today. So thank you to our wonderful guests for joining us today and for the work you are doing to change lives in our communities. And thank you to our listeners out there for tuning in to the Gwinnett Chambers monthly radio show and podcast, The Voice of Business. I want to thank Mike Salmon and his team with Business Radio X who made today's show possible. We are very grateful for your partnership and support. You can enjoy any of our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on the Voice of Business. This show is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Just search for the Gwinnett Chamber and our show will pop up. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our shows. Thank you again, and we'll see you all next time on the Voice of Business on Business Radio X. Business Radio X.